Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast. This is the podcast where we break down the Sunday night and Monday night football DFS slates. And on this show, we're also going to have a new segment at the end where we introduce Sean Kerner's luck ratings, which are brand new and should help uh, DFS players and gamblers alike. So, uh, Sean, what's going on? And I must say, congratulations on oh. the number one week four finish in Fantasy Hell Pros, it. up to number six, just like you predicted. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. I, I, I thought I had a good week. Uh, I didn't know it was first place good, but I did say I don't think it was good enough to catch you. Um, but I'm hoping to possibly join you in the top three. That'd be awesome if we can, you know, be inside the top three for most of the season. But either way, keep crushing it yourself. I'm just trying to keep up right now. <laughs> Let's help people out with these uh, DFS plays for Sunday and Monday night. Let us start with the Sunday night game. We got the Cincinnati Bengals. We got the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens at home, three-point favorites. The total is 48. The freaks come out at night. <laughs> Who do you think is going to have a freak performance in a captain spot for Ravens-Bengals? I think uh, Jamar Chase is due for uh, you know a typical freaky performance here. He's been fairly quiet since his massive week one where he caught 10 balls for 129 yards and a touchdown. So I think he's due for a ceiling game. And, you know, the Ravens, they've been pretty vulnerable to downfield passes this year. They've allowed the most receptions and yards on pass attempts, 20-plus yards downfield. Now, to be fair, they've faced the Dolphins and Bills this year, which doesn't help in that department. But either way, I think Chase – uh, can catch a couple of deep balls here. And, you know, it looks like T Higgins, he's battling through that ankle injury and Hayden Hurst, he's battling through that groin injury. So Joe Burrow could lean on chase a bit more this week as a result. Um, so chase is my favorite captain play, but you know, Mark Andrews is a close second for sure. Yeah. I like chase a lot. I mean, you're going to see 
The I think you're going to see the Ravens uh, place a, a decent amount of man coverage. People are playing man against Cincinnati. They're keeping us two safeties deep. Uh, but I, I do think Chase has to have a big game in this yeah. spot. So uh, love him. And, and he he has some some good history uh, against this Ravens defense as well. But yeah, I am going with Mark Andrews to have a freak performance. Uh, you know, quiet game last week's. Maybe that'll get some people off of him. You also have options on the Bengals side, which which I think would mm-hmm. maybe get, uh, you know, people off of him. But I, I really like the matchup for him in this spot. I think, you know, this year he's been excellent. Obviously he's an excellent receiver, but he's been excellent against man coverage this year with three route, three yards per route against man. And Cincinnati is eighth in man coverage rate. And Baltimore is first in man coverage rate against. So teams are kind of, you know, continuing to, to try to throw the house at Lamar and man up these receivers. And we might have Rashad Bateman miss this game. I mean, he still hasn't mm. practiced as we record this. So he's missed the first two practices of the week. Uh, and remember, spent like half of the game in, uh, you know, against Buffalo on the sideline. So I think it could be a monster target day for Andrews. And I also think this is, uh, a spot where you probably want some exposure to Lamar Jackson in the mm-hmm. captain spot because he might have to do a, a lot. You know, he might have to do it all if if Bateman's out. And uh, this is his, I believe this is his first primetime game of the year, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants is. that new contract. This could be a fuck you pay me game. <laughs> <laughs> this yep. could be a fuck you pay me game for Lamar. So uh, I know it's gonna be it's gonna be expensive, but I do think you have to do it, and uh, you know, just have to find the right kind of combination, uh, maybe two yeah. dart throws. Uh, but, you know, you could very well see like a Lamar Jackson 100-yard rushing, two-touchdown yeah. type of game. Uh, so I think you need some of him as well. Yeah, love the Andrews call. Didn't he run 100% routes run? Yep. Great last week <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, we were salivating over Dallas Goddard. You kind of expect this with Andrews, but still, a guy like Andrews being out there for every drop back uh, is pretty significant. Yeah, I, I almost feel like I need to bump him back up to first again. Like, he, it's like, it's like, it's like yeah. every time, you know, it's so early in the season. So, like, if he has a bad game, then he drops down to second. And, but it's like, I, I kind yeah, of feel between like, he, yeah. he and Kelsey, like my tiers, yeah. I have tier one, those two. And yeah. then tier two is actually tier five because right. there's like four tiers between the two of them. But yeah, just it's like splitting hairs trying to figure out which one Kelsey or Andrews is going to have the top week. Uh, all right. Who do you like for some dark throws in this game? Do you like dots, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. So on the Bengals side, there, there's not really many dart throws. It's a pretty top-heavy offense. I don't know if you consider uh, Tyler Boyd a dart throw at this point, but I'm I'm going with Evan McPherson. We rarely talk about kickers, uh, but this is a matchup between the, I would say the, the top two kickers in the league. Uh, So we could see a couple 50 plus yard attempts here. Plus this is good leverage. If this ends up being a lower scoring game, if you use like McPherson and or Justin Tucker, um, you're kind of banking on a low scoring game. You've always said that where your your lineup should tell a story. And for this game, everybody wants the offense. Like, how could you not? There's a high total, a lot of firepower, but this is the rare time. I think it is pretty smart to to target one or two kickers. So I'm going to go with McPherson on the Bengals side. And then on the Ravens side, I get one more shot at this. I'm going with Isaiah Likely one <laughs> more time. Uh, he had a 50% routes run rate last week, but failed to draw a single target. I kind of said that that's sort of his range of outcomes. I said his median reception projection at uh, one and a half every week. So, you, you know, we're going to get goose eggs, but he has the talent to go off at some point. He's the ideal showdown slate kind of guy. I'm not going to use him on the main slate anymore. Not going to do that, but 
like you mentioned, Rashad Bateman could miss. So I think that could lead to likely getting uh, one or two more targets. So um, I can't imagine his roster ship will be too high here. I think people uh, have cooled off on him. So this is a spot where I'm going to, I'm going to take him one last time. And then he's got to prove me right at some point. Uh, if it doesn't happen this week, I promise I will stop recommending him. Yeah. I'm projected for a couple of catches in this one, actually. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Cause his, I do expect his, you know, his, his routes run to be a little bit higher uh so love him hopefully we finally see some some of what we saw in the preseason from him uh I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go a little off the board yeah you can't really go with any Bengals or at least you can't really call them dark throws Uh, I mean I get maybe Samaj P Ryan um I guess you could you could call one of those guys I mean they are road underdogs here so I think P Ryan is a possibility they, they can't quit him. He's like the Brashad Perriman. <laughs> of, yeah. He's our favorite Bengal, right. for sure. But uh, I, I think two guys worth mentioning, especially if Bateman is at less than 100%, are James Prochet and Taiwan Wallace. Because, uh, you know, first of all, if, if Bateman's out, one of those two is probably going to be Wallace is going to see a, a big bump in playing time. But Prochet uh, is finally healthy as well. So he could start mixing in more. And he had a, he had a game or two last year where he caught – uh, you know, a handful of balls. So uh, I think both of these guys in a game where, you know, Ramar Jackson's probably going to have to freestyle uh, a lot. And, you know, it's just a game where the Bengals, you know, they, they're they capable of putting up points, although I do like that kind of contrarian undercall. The Ravens, we know they spread it around. I mean, even when Bateman was healthy, he wasn't running a, a route uh, more than like 79% of the time. Mm-hmm. And Demarcus Robinson, not really a good matchup for him. I know he's going to kind of be the guy everyone looks to, but I mentioned that the Bengals are playing man coverage at a top 10 rate and Baltimore is seeing a lot of man coverage. Well, Demarcus Robinson for his career averages just 0.8 yards per route versus man. And this year it's 0.5 yards per route versus man. So he he just really, you know, he's not a guy that's can kind of beat one-on-one coverage and separate like that. So I I think it's going to be, I'd rather just go with one of these guys who's going to see a, a little bit of a bump in playing time and, and it is a true dart throw in uh, in Wallace approach there. Yeah, you're going to need uh, Prochet to get going here for yeah. uh, season. <laughs> oh, it's over. <laughs> for season-long bet here. I should have, I should have, <laughs> when, when I said Prochet, I meant Duvernay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, do you like Duvernay? I mean, he's not a dart yeah. throw, but it, yeah, he's in a good I spot if, if yeah. uh, especially if Bateman misses, right? Yeah, his his routes per dropback, I believe, have increased every single week of the season. And yeah, he was wide. He should have a touchdown. He was wide open on that play against the Bills. It's just Lamar. You know, there's pressure in his face. Yeah, Duvernay, fifty three percent to fifty five to sixty five to sixty eight. So, you know, he's been he's been steadily growing his playing time, and I think he's playing well out there. So yeah, Duvernay yeah. is a guy. I, I mean, he's already had a multi touchdown game. If you're trying to load up on like Jackson, Chase, Andrews, Mixon, uh, you know, you could consider putting Duvernay in a captain spot too, just to kind of save a little bit of salary and still get a guy who's going to be on the field uh, more often than not. Yeah. And I, I like him also for the contrarian low scoring game where you might have a kicker to defense. He's their kick returner. So yep. he's a guy that you'd want to stack uh, with the Ravens defense, just in case he gets a uh, return touchdown, you get a double dip on that. Uh, you were you were the Dobbins whisperer last week. <laughs> yeah, last I, week that was one of the things I, yeah. I had him like plus ten. Yeah, uh, are you? Uh, are you? What's going on with this one? Are, you, are we expecting Justice Hill's yeah. out? Are you expecting yeah, another that, big game? Yeah, no, I I like Dobbins here. I think the cat's out of the bag with him. I think people are going to be on him. But yeah, Justice Hill looked like the second best running back in this backfield. So 
Now they're going to be forced to use, who do you think, Mike Davis or Kenny Drake behind Dobbins? Um, but either way, I think Dobbins appears to be closer to 100%. So we could see him finally get, you know, around 15 carries or so here. Although he did pop up on the injury report. Uh, he was at practice today, so he should be fine. But yeah, I like Dobbins here as well. Yeah, I think I I think it seems like they're using Davis as the backup for Dobbins and Drake is oh. the backup for Hill, which is why Drake has been the scratch because they, you know, when Dot with Dobbins back, they needed Davis in case Dobbins got hurt again. Yeah. So I'm guessing if they need a guy for extra passing down reps, uh, I would guess it would be Drake because he'll, he'll both of them will be active this week, uh, Davis mm-hmm. and Drake. So I would guess that you would see more Drake in that kind of situation. But I, I think they're just going to try to use Dobbins as much as possible. Um, yeah, if, absolutely. Yeah. So, and uh, Gus Edwards is going to be returning in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So then they can just gonna... cut Mike. Yeah. Then they can cut Mike Davis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, or Drake or both. <laughs> <laughs> both. Right. <laughs> and we do get, we got a fullback. We oh, fullback hell yeah. How could you forget about him? <laughs> yeah. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving make fullbacks great again patrick ricard and he's another one that is a candidate for increased usage so his his routes run uh have gone from 24 percent in week one 29 percent in week two 35 percent in week three 42 percent last week so sneaking up there as well yeah. uh you know if he's running around he's always a, a threat for a touchdown so and he could also take some of those passing down reps kind of like the Niners do with use check when all their running backs get hurt mm-hmm. it might be Ricard instead of Drake or Davis yeah is he still getting snaps on the defensive line too I, I know he plays some defense that's a good question I don't think <laughs> I've seen him I mean he's playing a lot of fullback on offense this this year so. yeah yeah I think they've uh but I remember last year he was on defense quite a bit uh, plays like defensive line. I think sometimes like linebacker. I'm just gonna say it correlates with the the, the <laughs> playing the Ravens defense as well. But no, no, I love Ricard and he's he's like a use check where you're projecting him for what 35 percent routes run rate somewhere around there. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, yeah. that's kind of where he's been at for season. But no, he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't played any defense. Ah, damn it. In, uh, he, in a couple of years, actually. <laughs> oh, it's, it was definitely uh, recently. It, but yeah, you're thinking of Nick Belore. Oh, a 29. 29- 2019, no, Patrick, 2019, yeah, Ricard played uh, about 140 snaps uh, yeah, on see? defense. Yeah, no, but no, he hasn't. He hasn't in a couple of years. Oh, yeah, okay, so that's why I was asking. I, yeah, okay, so it was a couple of years ago. My bad. He has played. He has played some tight end though. When when they were like down yeah. a bunch of tight ends in the COVID year, especially. Yeah. Um, he can kind of line up. He's like an H. He does all. He does it all. But uh, yeah, we like. I like some Ricard this week mm-hmm. uh, as well with that that routes run rate continuing to increase. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. 
The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's jump to the Monday night game. We got the Las Vegas Raiders going to KC to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites. Total is 51. Who do you like in the captain spot for this one? Uh, so I'm going to get pretty sneaky here and go with Darren Waller. Um, I think, you know, Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey should be the top two options. But I think since Waller's been fairly quiet these past couple weeks, um, I'm guessing his roster ship in the captain slot specifically should be fairly low. But he does have a massive ceiling. We know that. Um, and he could have a big game in what should be a pass-heavy trailing game script for the Raiders. And it looks like Foster Moreau, um, he's missing practice again this week could end up missing his second straight game. It didn't really help out Waller last week when Moreau missed, but Moreau has been eating into Waller's like playing time and target share early in the season. It's been very concerning to see. So if Moreau's out again this week, I think Waller does set up nicely here. So um, I have to get, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but contrarian by going with Darren Waller in my captain slot here. Yeah, it's been a rough start to the season yeah. for Waller, man. He just he dropped a touchdown. He lost essentially lost the game for them by dropping that yeah, touchdown. No, it's been rough. <laughs> like I said, I can't imagine too many people on him. That's kind of why I like him here. Yeah, I think the uh for me, the top the top play in the captain spot is Devontae Adams. Uh the Chiefs are 29th in DVOA against number one receivers. Uh they also struggle uh to the left side of the field, which is where he winds up the most. So I think he has a big game, but there are, I think, a lot of options. If you're trying to go and save some salary and you mentioned Waller, I also think this is a good game for Juju Smith Schuster. Um, you know, he is, he's kind of been alternating like good and bad games, but he hasn't gotten to the end zone yet, but I think he could have a, a high volume uh, game here because the Raiders are a team that's playing a decent amount of man coverage and they're playing the 11th most. And then Kansas city's seen the third most uh, man coverage. So without Tyreek teams aren't as scared to, to man them up. And uh, Juju this year is averaging 2.2 yards per route uh, per pro football focus versus man coverage. That is more than Travis Kelsey. And uh, you know, the Raiders defense has also been struggling on throws to the middle of the field and uh, about two thirds of, Smith Schuster's targets, you know, obviously are over the middle. He's playing out of the slot about half the time. So I think this is a really good matchup for him. And he's, I think he's a sneaky guy who he helps you. You could still stack him with Mahomes, but now you can kind of, you could probably add another one of those mid-tier guys in because uh, Juju is not going to be as expensive as a Travis Kelsey or, or a Devontae Adams uh, in that spot. So uh, I like him a lot. And I think both running backs uh, are in play in this one as well. Uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had that really good game against Tampa, 
And, uh, you know, I think they, 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 they're really good at scheming uh, him catches against man coverage. So most running backs, you're going to see them play better against zone, but uh, even against man, Edwards, Elaire has kind of been really good uh, this year. And he is also averaging more yards per route against man coverage than Travis Kelsey. So, and for his career, he's averaging more yards per route against man than zone, which again is very rare for a running back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if he could just get anything going on the ground, I think, especially on DraftKings, uh, a full PPR, I think he could uh, have another good game. And then Josh Jacobs is top 10 running back for me this week. So uh, I know that you just have, uh, you know, you debuted your luck rankings and Vegas is one of the, has been one of the most unlucky teams. So I think, you know, yes, there's seven point dogs, but I think people could at least expect this one to, to be potentially be a little bit closer than the Vegas line indicates. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I love your Juju call. And how do you think he's looked this year? I, he looks pretty spry. He's looked really good in the offense. And a lot of times I have to remind myself, he's, you know, not some old 10-year vet. He's still just 25 years old. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's looked really good after the catch. Next Gen Stats um, shows that he's been averaging close to two yards over expected after the catch, which is one of the top rates in the league. But he's looked really spry. So I think we could see a big game from him coming up very soon. So I, I do like that call this weekend, the captain slot. Yeah. The guys like I, I I'm, I'm kind of bumping Juju up this week and, uh, and MVS and, and Hardman, mm-hmm. I think are kind of trending down. They've been trending down in route participation as well. Mm. Uh, you know, they've gotten sky more, a little more involved. We'll talk about him uh, in a moment, but uh, yeah, I think Juju, Kind of what we thought coming in in the season. It's kind of been up and down with him, but I do think that he has kind of solidified himself as that, you know, top target after Travis yeah. Kelsey. I don't, you know, Mahomes is trying to say it's going to alternate from week to week, but I think it's going to be a little more consistent with Juju than, than yeah. maybe he anticipated because they really haven't been able to spring MVS and Hardman. Uh, they just kind of, you know, he, he pops up here and there, but he's, it's, it's always been hard for them to kind of involve him like on a consistent every down basis over a, a long period of time. Yeah. What about for the dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Yeah. Dart throws are pretty tricky. Um, for the Raiders, uh, I got to go with Mac Hollins. Um, and you know, after week one, I thought, oh, Hollins would be perfect for a showdown slate. Uh, he ran around on 90% of cars dropbacks. Didn't really do much, obviously. Unfortunately, he has gone off a couple times <laughs> since then. So uh, the cat's out of the bag with him. I think people are aware of him. Uh, but he's coming off a fairly quiet three catch for 33-yard gain last week. He had a long touchdown called back, I believe. Um, and Hunter Renfro, he's expected to return. So Hollins could be overlooked here. But uh, at the end of the day, he is going to be running route over 80% of the time. Could make a splash player two in this game, which is all you need for a showdown slate. Um, so I think, you know, his roster might be lower than I expected, say, at this point last week. Um, and then on the Chiefs side, you mentioned him. He has been a disappointment this year in Kansas City, but I'm going to have to go with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, his usage earlier in the season was uh, a bit different than we expected um, or what we're used to. Uh, however, he has seen his dot go up each of the past four games. So he has now turned into more of that deeper threat. I believe his dot was up over 13 last week. Uh, and he's coming off a season high, three catch for 63-yard game. So um, he could break the slate with a single downfield catch here. So he's he's probably my favorite dart throw on the Kansas City side. And I would hate myself if I didn't also mention Jody Fortson, um, <laughs> who is usually good for a uh, vulture touchdown 
every few games or so. He has two catches on the season and both are for touchdowns. One was a one yarder and one's an 11 yarder, but they love having him in there on those red zone packages. So um, he is the perfect type of backup tight end play for a showdown slate. Yeah, he is, and he also does really well against man coverage too. So uh, yeah, nice. it, it's like if he's gonna if he's gonna be in a game, it's to catch a touchdown. <laughs> That's essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, Noah Gray that crazy um, handoff, like he ran in for one. The Blake Bell, the Blake Bell special, yeah, 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 exactly. The, like Andy Reid loves to get creative around the goal line, um, so it does set up a lot of these vulturish kind of touchdowns. Yeah, I was reading The Athletic and they were talking about like, oh, no one would have ever expected that Noah Gray play. And I'm like, have you not been? I, I literally commented to the author. I'm like, oh. have you not been watching the Chiefs? They they run quarterback sneak with Blake Bell. Like they did it like five times because remember Mahomes busted his kneecap. So they don't quarterback sneak with Mahomes. Oh, so, yeah. So that's yeah. why they use uh, the tight ends. Kelsey does it, too. Uh, so they yeah. they if you if there is a quarterback sneak that needs to happen on the Chiefs it's going to be Kelsey or Noah Gray and maybe that maybe eventually Fortson gets one too but uh that gives it like I always project Kelsey and Noah Gray for like uh <laughs> like a, like point one carries every week because because of that exactly yeah. so uh like that call and uh yeah I, I I gotta go with Sky Moore uh he's mm-hmm. finally 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 saw his routes run jump up so it went from nine percent in week three to 26 percent last week and i know you know they got ahead and you know that could have something to do with it but they have been saying they're they're looking to increase his playing time and he has been you know his couple of catches this year uh deep a dot so against man coverage in particular his a dot is above 20 and uh, he's averaging 3.2 yards per route but he's averaging over two yards a route uh, period. So that's what you like to see out of a rookie, you know, hasn't got many opportunities, but has been very efficient and getting some downfield targets. And even though it's, I thought, you know, it, it's, it was possible that more kind of played at the expense of Watson. Uh, Watson has also been pretty good in the, in these kind of spots against these kind of defenses. And he's also seeing a pretty deep average depth of target. So I, I'm going to have a lot of more Watson. I'm going to, I'm going to fade uh, a little more of like Hardman. I know you like MVS, but even him, like I'm go, I'm trying to go with like these bottom of the barrel chiefs receivers. Cause I, I think yeah. I can see them start to work in a little more now that, you know, now we're past the first month of the season. So I like them and I, I'm going to mention them every time the chiefs do uh, are on a showdown mm-hmm. slate, but Isaiah Pacheco, uh, there's so many different ways that he could break the slate. He could, they could just start working him in more. As, as they've kind of been doing, uh, he could get goal line work, which we saw in the preseason. And we've seen that even this year, it hasn't really translated. I think he had a touchdown against the Cardinals, but um, also he's the kick returner. And if there's garbage time, he also gets an uptick. So like he has like four different paths yeah. to fantasy production and really talented guy. So uh, I think we're going to send eventually, maybe even this week, um, or maybe it happened already, but I think Pacheco is going to, overtake Jarek McKinnon who's going to be a lot mm-hmm. more situationally like use like maybe just pure hurry up back like Jarek McKinnon but I think they're going to start working Pacheco in more as that um you know to to, to spell Edwards Lair. yeah I think Pacheco definitely leapfrog McKinnon last week and Pacheco he could score from anywhere on the field he's a home run header mm-hmm. and he looks damn good number 10 oh yeah the, the, the new 10 <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad. Like he he doesn't really get used in the passing game much, which certainly hurts his value. But uh, like I said, he is a home run hitter. So 
Um, this is the kind of slate where you should definitely have, you know, a lot of shares of Pacheco. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, but like you said, that is a path for him seeing 10 plus touches like we've seen two times this year. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I was kind of tempted to look at, you know, the, the Raiders backs because Kansas city is 28th in running in DVOA on passes to backs. Uh, they're giving up the most targets, most receptions and most yards per game two running backs this season. However, Josh Jacobs <laughs> is dominating those stats. Yeah. This, is, this is a, thank goodness we were on those like Jacobs unders early in the season because <laughs> these last couple of weeks, he started to dominate passing game work. And that's, that's new for a McDaniels offense. But I, I, on the flip side, that means Brandon Bolden only ran around 13% of the time last week and he's trending down. So, you know, I, I'm just going to kind of stay away and just, <laughs> roster Jacobs in the captain spot and, and, and do it that way rather than trying to take a dart throw on, on Bolden. Abdullah has essentially been a non-factor too. Yep. We thought he was going to work in. And then Zamir White doesn't run pass right. He's like the the, the typical McDaniels guy. Only yep. only carries if that, you know, he's he's, the, he's like the, with Garrett Blunt in waiting or something. So. <laughs> exactly. No, we're done uh, attacking Jacobs receiving uh, yeah. reception unders. Um, we have to pivot. Well, we have to keep doing that to Cam Akers. And oh, yeah. as long as they let us, as long as they give us props, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Oh, how good was that negative five? <laughs> that's, a, that, that's such a, that was just such a rare prop where it was like, I, I bet it, we talked about it. And then like, you, you like it was, there's still value on it. Like, Oh yeah. Yards well, you took, you got yards later. Yeah. I was mad that I didn't see that. Cause I was looking at that game before, <laughs> right before they must've posted that prop. And then I saw it down to nine and a half. And I said, man, I would bet this down to minus three and a half and it would still would have hit. But um, yeah, but really a guy like that, it should be like six and a half um, because it, one catch, he'll probably one get catch. one catch and that's about the median. So nine and a half, way too high. Yeah. Uh, of course, be sure to follow us in the Action Network app if you're into that kind of stuff. We digress. Let's get back to it. We got some fullbacks on this slate too. We got two of them. Yeah, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Michael Burton. And Jakob Johnson, uh, any preference? Got to go with Burton just because of, like we mentioned, Andy Reid's creativity, you know, around the goal line. I, I think Burton, I don't know if he's scored a touchdown in the past couple of years, but um, he seems like a better bat. I don't even know if Jakob Johnson's been used yet. Oh, yeah, it's one carry for one yard. Um, <laughs> there you go. But, uh, yeah, I'd have to go Burton. To be honest, I don't like either of these fullbacks. I think Ricard from the other game yeah. uh, is definitely a play, but these – are a little bit too extreme, even for me. Hey, Burton's averaging four yards a pop this year, running the ball. So, oh, I see that. Uh, so, you know, he's uh, – I, I like Burton. I think, you know, Burton on this kind of slate, it's because you have so many expensive players, you could find yourself in that position where you just want to spend way, 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 way down, and you just, you're just you just going to need a little luck because you might need, like, a specific combination of five. And then it really – you know, the sixth guy just has to do something – and <laughs> yeah. like, there's times like it's, it, there's always different kind of ways to win the slate. It just depends on how everything shakes out. But uh, if that happens, you know, Burton, I think he's always in play. Cause yeah, like you said, Andy Reid creativity, uh, you know, he could get a goal. I mean, he could take one of those quarterback sneaks for all we Yeah. Have. Yeah. He, he had a touchdown last year. I just verified it. He had a touchdown last year. So, you know, one in 16, one in 17 chance. Yeah. Not bad. Probably was scoring a touchdown. You're trying to take down an entire slate. Uh, probably worth, you know, one lineup out of 150, if you want to go that route, but definitely have some shares of them. Or one out but, of every, every 17. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, you can do that. But uh, no, zero shares of Jakob Johnson. 
Oh, you're gonna jinx it. He's gonna he's gonna get know, the, he's gonna get the Derek the the the, the <laughs> Derek Carr play action fake. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, Devonte Adams, Darren Waller, please. No, and it's gonna be Malcolm Johnson. Oh, you know who it actually is gonna be? Like this is an actual pre- uh-huh. prediction. Jesper Horstead, he's the guy. Oh man, did he did he get a route last week or was he? No, uh... I don't think he did. No. <laughs> he's, just, he's just out there. He is like Locking. when he's on the Bears, like he he's pretty athletic. Like he yeah, he can, is. Uh, he can get open. Like if they so choose to send him out there for a route, he can get open. Um, and if Moreau's out, like maybe we'll see him run a couple routes. But he would definitely be like the dark horse troll touchdown, in my opinion. Oh man! Imagine Darren Waller keeps struggling, and then they're like, oh, "Bench him for Horstead." <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All right, that's enough of this. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, we're gonna do this new segment, and it is going to uh, focus on your luck rankings. Which, uh, well, why don't you explain them to everybody? Yeah, so we just unveiled these on ActionNetwork.com and, and our app. But um, I came up with the idea of luck rankings because this is kind of what I incorporate already into my handicapping. I try to think of, you know, which team's uh, current record may be lucky or unlucky based on, you know, their one score record or turnover margin or even things like the opponent field goal percentage, something that you have very little control over. Um, so we're just trying to gauge which team's public perception may be skewed one way or another based on their current record. Um, so we ranked all 32 teams based on who has been the luckiest to the unluckiest. And then the idea is every week we're we're going to be taking teams against the spread when they match up, when we have a team that's been super lucky on the season facing a team that's unlucky. Um, and so far we've been testing it. It's 13 and four against the spread. So uh, I'm hoping we don't jinx it by uh, releasing these, but the idea is that we're just trying to catch the public perception off guard. And typically we're betting against the public. A lot of the teams that we're going to be recommending aren't seeing much action. Um, so it is sort of betting against the crowds in theory as well. So I see that for the top five luckiest teams, uh, the Giants, my Giants, uh, obviously we're lucky. We're three and one. Yeah, well, let's let's <laughs> let, let's go through the top five yeah. real quick. I yeah. was gonna I was gonna go backwards, but there you okay. go. The Giants are the lucky. They're the luckiest team. So Spoiler far. alert: the fifth luckiest team is the Seahawks. The fourth luckiest is the Titans. Third luckiest, Dolphins. Second luckiest, the Eagles. And like you said, the luckiest team so far is your New York Giants. They are one point four seven wins above expectation um they're three and one in one possession games and two and oh in games decided by a field goal or, or less luck be a lady tonight yeah uh I, that is not surprising but that's that's great stuff and uh the eagles that the, that's the one that worries me because i'm actually on the eagles this week i it just has to fade uh cliff at, at home they haven't covered a home game <laughs> yeah. si- since deandre hopkins was was hurt um, so still like the Eagles, but so that worries me a little bit, but, uh, let's jump over who are, who have been the unluckiest team. Yeah. So the five unluckiest teams, um, begin with the Texans, uh, the fifth unluckiest team, the Colts are number four lions, number three, the Raiders are number two and the Patriots have been the unluckiest team so far. 1.35 wins below expectation, um, opponents are seven for seven on field goal attempts, despite um, four and a half 
yards uh, longer distance than average, including a 52 and 56, 56 yarder. Um, again, I don't know if I elaborated, but we're comparing. So each game, we have an expected score, how many points we expected that team to score. That's going to try to filter out things like turnovers, pick sixes, long touchdowns, um, things like that. So we have sort of a expected score for each game, and then we assess the percent chance the team should have won that game. And then at the end of the day, we have a projected record for that team. And then we compare that to their actual record. So uh, based on that, the Patriots have been the unluckiest team this season. Yeah, I, I love this because this can also be very useful for what we're talking about here in DFS. Uh, because like, for example, uh, what I think you're kind of getting out with the Raiders is that, and, and this kind of speaks, like we've seen this in the trends, the Chiefs, when they are favored by more than a field goal, you know, they're just seven and 17 against the spread since, you know, November of 2020. And I think a big reason is because, you know, what happens is, the team like the team they'll face team like the Raiders who yeah. you know there's obviously a gap in quality but it's probably not as great as the seven point spread uh suggests and because of that I think a lot of people will play you know have a certain outlook on how they're going to approach the game yeah. which maybe they shouldn't because like I said I think I think we both like Josh Jacobs a lot this week but you know we're in DFS it's always kind of we've always kind of hammered you know like don't play the road dog running back you know like <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah, I, I think this is very useful. I think that's, that's how we, uh, on this show, uh, at least, you know, obviously, uh, listeners can check out actionnetwork.com for the full list, uh, and all the details. But, uh, when we kind of do it on this show, I think we, sh- we, we should kind of try to highlight, uh, this, these spots where, you know, the game script can kind of deviate from mm-hmm. what, you know, somebody that's not really paying attention, like we are to these lines and totals all week. We could, we know them like the back of our head, but someone else might just say, Oh, Raiders seven point underdog. Fading the Raiders, going with all Chiefs, and you know that might not be the play. Yeah, exactly. So that that specific matchup is the biggest mismatch of the week, um, and those so far have gone two and zero. But the, like I said, the Raiders are the second unluckiest team. The Chiefs have been the ninth luckiest team. Um, so that's the largest uh, raw luck difference of the week in twenty two spots in our rankings. Um, and you know the Raiders are one in three, despite only having a minus four point differential. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're zero in three and one score games. Um, and so the chiefs are getting 80% of the action, uh, kind of hitting the nail on the head with what you just said. And uh, yeah, it would suggest that the public perception is probably a bit off on this based on factors that will probably regress um, closer to the, the league average. So uh, I, I like the Raiders here based on that. And just to say, you know, earlier you said you still like the Eagles, even though they're the second luckiest team. That's a good point because these should just be one piece of the puzzle. I wouldn't just go off these blindly necessarily. Um, so if you're doing your own research, you, Chris Raybon, being the hottest better on the planet right now, um, <laughs> okay. I wouldn't really, I wouldn't back off of it just because of this, but it's something to keep in the back of your mind, certainly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's just a piece of the puzzle. I think, you know, the Chiefs, when you talk about luck, what comes to mind immediately is that uh, play where Gerald Everett called out of the game against the Chargers and they didn't take him out. And he just like <laughs> stumbled into a pick six for Herbert. Yep. And then Herbert, of course, gets injured. And they, you know, it's just that that's yeah. luck right there. Right. And you're accounting for that. Uh, any anything is are the uh, the Ravens and the Bengals just kind of middle pack or any anything there? No. Yeah. The Bengals uh, plus three is a luck rankings play for sure. Okay. Yeah, so the Bengals plus three. Uh, I think you get a plus three and a half now mm-hmm. against the Ravens is one. The Bengals, you know, they're off to a slow start. They're two and two on the season. But that's despite being one of six teams to have a plus 20 point differential or better. 
Um, so the Bengals are 0-2 in one-score games, both by three points exactly. So they're much better than their current record was, would suggest. Uh, meanwhile, the Ravens are in a similar boat. You know, um, they're 2-2 two two as well, but they have a plus-five turnover differential. Um, so this is a matchup where the luck rankings certainly favor the Bengals, and 60% of the action is on Baltimore. And plus, this is a pretty good matchup for the Bengals. They they match up pretty well against the Ravens. Uh, they I believe they beat them by 20 or more points both times last year, right? Um, so this this is a spot where the luck rankings like the underdog here as well. So that could be little little Joe Mixon eleven. I mean, I don't think we mentioned oh, him, yeah. but uh, could be you know could be some Mixon in the captain spot because I think Dobbins will actually be pretty popular just based on he had a two touchdown game yeah. last week. But uh, maybe this is kind of a spot to go back on Mixon, who I think the the public is a little bit down on because we everyone saw him like bang into a wall <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again <laughs> in that Dolphins game. So yeah, to be fair, it, it'd be like 25 carries for 70 yards, but two touchdowns. Like that's what we're mm-hmm. going for here. Yeah, exactly. The, the Joe Mixon special. So <laughs> yeah, man, these are, these, this is great stuff. And uh, yeah, everyone be sure to check those out. Uh, you can get all the, the full uh, 32 re- team rankings uh, and, you know, full explanation, all that good stuff at actionnetwork.com and in the Action Network app. Uh, this is going to wrap it up for the Week 5 Night Shift podcast. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full player projections episode that is out now over on the Action Network podcast channel. And you can also check out our fantasy preview episode where we preview the main slate and the Thursday night slate. That is right here on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel uh already mentioned it but actionnetwork.com you can also find our uh player projections and our fantasy projections uh which uh you know gotta say been crushing it this year and uh you can find sean on twitter at the underscore odds maker you can find me at chris raybon and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app we'll be back at it next week until then get this money